Welcome to the power of faith and the ministry of David Hathaway. Please join David as he ministers today's word. Why does he allow suffering? This question has been in people's minds very much recently. God is not responsible for natural disasters which have a natural explanation. But God has more than once used disasters as a warning. For example, as it was in the days of Noah or the plagues in Egypt. Is God allowing something big enough to shake people out of their total apathy and indifference and at least reawaken some moral conscience? Many parts of the world have turned away from the living God, Europe in particular, eradicating all reference to Christian faith and history from the Constitution Britain itself fast becoming a godless, secular society where even some clergy insist that we are a post-Christian nation. Other continents have turned to false religions, images, holy men and prophets. I suggest that the real question is not if God exists, but rather why is it people only question about God when there's a major catastrophe Isn't God important and relevant all the time? It's constant belief in him which is the anchor we need in the everyday world in which we live. The Bible is clear, and I will state boldly. It's the only book in the world which declares the true state of man, warns of coming earthquakes and increasing intensity, accurately forecasts the wars which killed more than 100 million people in the last century, predicts our present AIDS epidemic and warns that in our generation one-third of the world's population will die from wars and another third from plagues and sickness. The Bible predicts and names individual cities and countries which will be involved in a future war, prophesies that the major focus of attention is first Iraq but will then change and make the city of Jerusalem and the whole future of Israel's existence, the dominating focus of the world's governments. That's Zechariah 12, verses 1 to 3. The Bible proves without question the existence of God. Even a simple man like myself can demonstrate this, and I know theologian. It also clearly states that there will be an Armageddon, how and when it will be, but best of all, shows what happens afterwards. The Bible is so authoritative and clear 
that any individual or nation which will follow its direction can be delivered from fear and destruction, saved from God's wrath, and given an indescribably wonderful future after Armageddon. In the Bible can be found the way to solve most of the nation's problems. Sickness, crime and violence, law and order, binge drinking and drugs, educational standards, debt. All this is in the Bible, which is full of compassion, hope and joy, not doom and gloom, and offers a simple way to a better life on earth, not just in heaven. Every believing Christian already knows this. Why don't we shout it out loud? Why don't our church leaders stop fighting amongst themselves, challenging the accuracy of what is not just the Bible, but the Word of God? We need to get back to basic biblical sense. The message of Jesus on earth was simple, yet powerful enough to change men and nations. It can still do so today, if we would listen, and have the courage and faith to act on it. What does the Bible say about today? Many question the existence of God, saying if there is a God, why does he allow? Yet when was the last time that they called on him, obeyed his commandments, and acknowledged him in their personal lives? But it was God himself who warned us about the very evil thing and tragedy that has come, and will come in the near future. How can you question God's existence when he told you in advance how and why these things would happen? Show me one politician in living memory anywhere in the world who's done this, yet the world votes for politicians and rejects the God who speaks and tells us the truth. Yes, in Britain, we faced enormous crises over the past 200 years. Yet history will prove that it was the preaching of the simple gospel of God's salvation that delivered this nation, not the meddling of the politicians. It was the preaching of John Wesley and the Wesleyan revival that saved England from the bloodshed of the French Revolution. The preaching of William Booth and his Salvation Army that helped rid England of the drunkenness and crime of the day. And the Welsh revival and subsequent outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the early 1900s that enabled Britain to become a nation of prayer that delivers us out of two world wars. Did not the prayers of king and country save us at Dunkirk, the Battle of Britain, and the D-Day Normandy landings? Is this not a God who intervened when we called on him? Where are our politicians, or more importantly, our church leaders? Who is calling us to prayer at this time? To stand for two to three minutes in silence is to be united in empathy, but not in prayer. To pray for the dead cannot help them. Their future is determined during life. Better to pray for the living in their grief, that they may find Christ. What are the other signs? Armageddon? The Bible is very specific. In Luke 21, 7, Jesus warned of wars and civil unrest, nation against nation, great earthquakes, famine, sickness, and in verse 25, the waves roaring. In Revelation, the prophecies are more detailed. One third dying from war and one third from plagues. Look at the extent even of the AIDS epidemic, which, if unchecked, 
could fulfill the prophecy in Africa, and AIDS is spreading out of control in China, India, and yes, in Russia. But there is good news. The Bible says that there will be great revivals before the end comes and Christ returns. In Joel 2, the Lord says, In the last days I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. God is doing this in the Ukraine and Russia right now. I was there when the fire fell in Bulgaria in 1990-91. There are great revivals in China, South America and elsewhere. The largest churches in Europe are in the Ukraine. In China, despite all the persecution, they're planning to train and send 100,000 missionaries to evangelize other nations. We also see from 2 Thessalonians 2 that the return of Christ will not come until there comes a falling away first and the man of sin will be revealed, who will oppose and exalt himself above God. We can certainly see the apathy and the falling away in Europe. False teachings multiply. People are looking for manifestations and being deceived by false cults. Truly, we need to get back to the Bible. Israel plays a large part in the end-time scenario. One, the temple must be rebuilt in Jerusalem, and Antichrist sit there in rebellion against God. Two, Jerusalem will become a stumbling block to all nations, Zechariah 12. This we're about to see literally fulfilled as the world will view Jerusalem as the final obstacle to peace in the Middle East. And three, Armageddon is fought in the valley of Megiddo between Nazareth and Mount Carmel in Israel. Many ask me if there will be revival in Britain. My answer is that it is possible. It will come only if God can find men or women of such faith who have power with God, who will pay the price, intercede passionately in prayer and prevail. We need to get back to the simplicity of biblical standards and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We need a real call to prayer, a powerful change to save our nation. Humanism, political correctness, has tried to take away the whole basis on which our society was built. The Ten Commandments and the family, moderation not excess, morality not political correctness. Without this, all we have is chaos. That is why God is calling me to evangelize now. Thank you for listening to The Power of Faith, broadcast with David Hathaway. We would love to hear from you. Contact us by visiting www.eurovision.org.uk. Also available online are a large assortment of videos, magazines and books for your growth in God. We would like to give all new subscribers to David's ministry a free gift. To receive your free gift, visit www.eurovisiontv.org. Remember, those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. Worship used by kind permission of Vinesong, www.vinesong.com.